0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Will you turn with me in your Bible to Third John? 3 John, very short book. Go all the way to Revelation. Turn left, several, and you'll be in 3 John. We're going to wrap up today our, our series preaching through the letters that John wrote. We call John the, the Apostle of Love, In the book of John, he refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved. He didn't start out that way. Jesus had a nickname for John. He called him one of the sons of thunder. Because one time they were traveling along and they came to this town and the people didn't want Jesus to do any miracles. They didn't want any part of Jesus and they were asking him to move along. And John looks over at Jesus and he says, Hey, Jesus. You want me to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Now, where John got the idea that he would even have that power, I, I don't know. But Jesus said, no, no, we're, we're good. We're, gonna, we're just going to move along. John started with thunder, and he ended with love. And he's the one who wrote, God is love, we saw in 1 John. In 3 John, he's, he's talking to believers. And he's going to give us three big ideas marked off in the text by the word beloved in English. Beloved. He's going to talk to us about how beloved believers interact with each other. We're we're called to love each other. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And a special love within the family of God. We're called to love each other. And John wrote, 3 John to model for us and and to talk to us about how beloved believers love each other. So let's just jump right in with your first big idea. It starts in verse 2. And we're going to watch for the signal, beloved. He's going to mark his thoughts off by calling them loved. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Here's your first big idea. Beloved believers speak with love. Beloved believers speak with love. He says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. When we talk to God about each other, we speak with love. Now, this is a verse that's been often used. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And, and sometimes this verse is used to say that the will of God is prosperity. There's a whole movement we call the prosperity gospel, and they revolve around health and wealth. And they'll point to this text and say, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And they take that to mean that if your soul is right with God, then so will your bank account be and so will your health be. That's not what he's saying here. Read it. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. They're not the same thing. They're, they're different. I pray for A and B. Prosper in all things and be in health. Is it possible to prosper in all things and struggle with health problems? Even sickness and death, absolutely. They're not the same thing. He says, just as your soul prospers. He prays for body, soul, and, quote, all things. John praying for the church because beloved believers speak with love. He's speaking with love to God on behalf of these these people. He says, when I pray for you, I pray for every aspect of your life. I pray you're healthy. I pray your soul prospers. I pray that everything going on in your life just prospers. Of course, John knows that's very few people get to live like that. with just all prospering all the time with no difficulty. But when he prays for them, he prays that they prosper. I want you to notice also, beloved believers say edifying things about each other. I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. John spoke well of the church. I rejoice greatly. He expected good news from his, his people, and he was glad to hear it. When John thought about these people that he writes to, he knows their character, he knows their heart. And he found much joy. He wasn't surprised that they were doing well. I think he expected it. He was was glad to hear it. He had authentic joy in the faithfulness of the church because he loved the church. And if we're going to apply this to how we love one another, we should find tremendous joy in each other's obedience. I want you to notice the brethren spoke well of each other. When brethren came and testified, They had a chance to go talk to John. How are things back at the church? Oh, John, you wouldn't believe it. They're walking in truth. They're pursuing godliness. They're they're pursuing holiness. It's going so well. They said good things about each other. And it's easy to do the opposite, isn't it? It's It's easy to talk about your spouse in a way that cuts them behind their back because we see them more closely than we see anybody else, and we know idiosyncrasies and faults. They came and they testified. They had a chance to talk about other believers, and they spoke well of them, because beloved believers speak with love. I want you to see also they gave each other the benefit of the doubt. They testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. Now, I bet... For every believer you know, everybody in this room here, everybody outside of it, I bet you know areas in which they stumble, areas where their walk is imperfect. I bet they know those things about you as well. You know them about me. That's how it is when, when we're, we're enjoying each other's company, walking with God together, we realize no one walks in truth perfectly. There's no one who's just got it. So they have a decision to make when they talk to John, and what they talk about is they're walking in the truth. They could point out the errors and mistakes. John knows about some of those, and he's going to talk about them. He's going to call somebody out by name in a minute. But when they have a chance to talk about their church, they talk about Walking in truth. And he says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. We rejoice in each other's faithfulness. No greater joy. Anybody follow a sports team? Anybody get excited when your team does well? And you're not even on the team. You just like the team because you decided long ago or whatever, you you get excited when your team does well, you're part of a family here. A family of beautiful believers who love Christ and, and sometimes struggle, but are pursuing faithful obedience. No greater joy. If we're more excited about things going on in the world that don't even concern us than we are about the people that God has drawn us closest to, our priorities are out of whack. We find joy in so many things other than the people of God. He calls them my children. We we learn to see each other as family. And he says they walk in truth. Now, I love this idea because there's such a spectrum of obedience. Sometimes our walk is, is confident, faithful, steady, marching, trudging on, powerful. That's what we'd like to have all the time. Sometimes, man, that pack is heavy. And it's a slow... Heavy slog. But we're, we're walking. Sometimes it's a limp. Sometimes we're wounded and hurt by what's happened to us or, or people that we love. But that's walking too. Sometimes it's getting back up again after falling. And that's walking. And there's a whole spectrum of of where we are with God. And it changes throughout our life. We're not always limping, but sometimes we are. And so John's perspective here, no greater joy than to see the people walking. You may see somebody limping and struggling, rejoice with them in their faithful obedience. They could be going the other direction. They could just sit down. And give up. But any faithfulness is something to celebrate. Beloved believers speak well of each other. Find those things about one another that are edifying, encouraging, worthy of repeating, because the world tears down and there's so many opportunities to build up. They speak well of each other. Here's your second big idea Beloved believers serve each other faithfully. We'll pick up in verse 5. Here it is again, beloved. There's his next big idea, you're loved. You do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. There again, they're, they're speaking well of each other. They stand up and say, these people love. They serve. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you'll do well. Because they went forth for his namesake. They didn't take anything from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Beloved believers serve each other. And I want to find here in the uh, the text five ways they serve each other. You, You may want to write them down. One is faithful service. You do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. That is, we serve because we know we're serving God. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Whatever we do, we do it because God has called us to serve Him by serving His people. Faithful service for the brethren and for strangers. Two, celebrated service. Who have borne witness of your love before the church. Now, we don't do it to get... Talked about. If if that's the motivation, then our, our hearts are wrong. But I hear a lot of you get talked about. I hear a lot of you talked about here where they'll say, Oh, we couldn't live without, and they'll they'll fill that name in. Their faithful service, this this person did this. People come and tell me the wonderful things that you do for each other. And if it's not spoken aloud here, it's celebrated. It's real. Who have borne witness of your love. When you show love to people, that gets uh, praise and honor to God. It's bearing witness. The, the love of God is active in this person, and it shows through their actions, their attitudes. Often, when I visit someone who's sick, they'll tell me who's already been there, already brought food. That's what I think he means here, borne witness of your love. There's this, we celebrate the service we give one another because it results in praise to God. Sending service. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you do well. Now he's talking primarily about people who travel to preach the gospel. And if, if they come to you and then you fund the next leg of their journey, good for you. That's part of it. It's moving people forward to advance the kingdom of God. But it applies in a lot of ways. It applies in that that potential Sunday school teacher who's uncertain, not really confident they've got what it takes, and, and they receive that mentoring and that encouragement. It might be somebody thinking of going on a mission trip. The world is opening again, and we're... We're going to get in on that. And you say, oh, I'm not sure if I could. I've never done that. I'm not sure if I can. Well, that person needs encouragement. Potential choir members. Hesitant to say encouragement. Do you you know what we do here that I love? We give opportunities for young children to serve. They help with the, uh, the offering, help with music, Uploading the sermons onto Spotify. A lot of that's done by young people. And I love that because we're sending them. They're not going anywhere yet. They live here with their parents and they're they're gonna be around, but they're going into a life of faithful obedience because somebody is sending them. The music program here is populated by people with decades and decades of experience who started when they were how old? And somebody sent them, and every week we benefit from their faithfulness. And from the faithfulness of those who came before and were willing to make investments, if you send them forward, you do well. It's a service that doesn't simply serve, it, it expands itself. By sending out people who learn how to serve and learn how to lead. I love that we do that. Four, supporting service. Because they went forth for... His name's sake, not taking anything from the Gentiles. That that is, they supported their own ministries. They didn't need somebody else to pay their bills. They were going to pay them. They were going to make sure they did their work their way. They gave their time, they gave their treasure freely for his name's sake. One more receiving service. Therefore, we ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the Truth. It's one thing to send. It's another to open our hearts. To receive, to welcome the people of God. But we're family. We're beloved. If we love each other, then we're we're receiving each other. If I say I love you, I don't want to be around you. Don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to do anything with you, but I love you. How, how persuasive is that? Okay? We're receiving. Therefore, we ought to receive such. We show hospitality to to people who love Jesus. Beloved believers speak with love. Beloved believers serve each other faithfully. One more here. Beloved believers bear their responsibilities with humility. Verse 9. I told you he's going to call somebody out by name. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. Not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren. He just said, receive the brethren. He won't do that. And forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, here it is, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil hasn't seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all, and from the truth itself, and we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. Beloved believers bear their responsibilities with humility. So he's, 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 he's got a bad example. He's got a principle, and then he's got a good example. The bad example, Diotrephes. He abused his leadership in the church. He's got pride. It says he loves to have the preeminence. Now this word is loaded, and his audience knew exactly what he meant when he used it. Preeminence means first and greatest. And elsewhere when John uses it, he uses it to talk about who? Guess About Christ. He is First. He is greatest. Demetrius thinks he's on a level with Jesus Christ himself. He loves, not the church, not the people. He loves the position, he loves the preeminence. He thinks he's first and best. He has an inhospitable spirit. He does not receive us, he does not receive the brethren. He said we should have a receiving service, welcoming others into our lives. Demetrius won't do that. I'm sorry. Did I call him wrong? Yes. Diatribees won't do that. He's inhospitable. He's a barrier to fellowship. He forbids those who wish to. Thinks he has the authority to tell the church who who they can welcome, who they can show hospitality to. He has a spirit of ownership instead of stewardship, putting them out of the church. The only way that works is that this is my church, and I decide who's welcome here. And I decide how you can treat each other. And if you don't want to get in line, get out. Where's the spirit of Christ in that? Okay, so they're serving each other. He he says, you're beloved, you're called to serve and to bear that responsibility with humility. And he says, if I get a chance to visit you guys, watch this, the sparks are going to fly. Because I'm going to call diatrophies out. Because this is ungodly and it's unchrist like. And so then he gives us this, this principle beloved. Do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil hasn't seen God. He says when we serve one another, we're going to look for examples to follow. Don't imitate what's evil. Here's a man who walks in and owns the room. They have no doubt who's in charge. Diotrephes. He has wormed his way up to, to power. Not stewardship. Not authority. Just raw power. He says, don't imitate that. That's evil. He who does evil hasn't seen God. You can't see God and treat people the way Diotrephes does. He should bear his responsibility with humility. We all find role models somewhere. We imitate somebody. So he gives them somebody they know. We don't know much about this man at all, Demetrius. They know him. He has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. And we bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. He says, if you want a good example to follow, Demetrius. We're going to imitate people whose lifestyle leads God's people to think well of them. A good testimony from all. It's not that he has power, it's that he has influence because people respect his faith and his way of of life. And from the truth itself, he, he has influence because the Scripture, the Word of God validates the way that he lives because he lives a life that conforms to Scripture. And we also bear witness... We're going to imitate people who are respected by people that are worthy to respect. And he says, and you know our, our testimony is true. If John doesn't respect somebody, apparently he'll let you know about it. So if we're going to love one another, we're going to speak well of each other. To God and to each other. To each other and about each other. We're going to use the power of speech to show love by speaking well. Two, we're going to serve each other faithfully because we love, we send, we receive, we support. And if we love each other, then we're going to bear responsibility with grace and with humility to avoid evil and to imitate what is good. John's vision and I don't think we're far from his vision here. I'm just, I just want to speak honestly about our church. I saw it when, when we arrived here eight years ago. It's a church that loves one another. And many of you, you've worshipped here together for 20, 30, 40 years. And you love each other. And it's hard to, to keep that up for so long, and you do it because it's real. But here's the other thing. You love each other, but you receive and you w- welcome others as well. You-, you welcome new people in. There's room in your church and there's room in your hearts for people who haven't been here all along. And I love that. Because that's what, that's what John envisions here, receiving. And then you make investments v- 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 in others, sending. You've sent people to Kenya. You've sent people to Guatemala. You've sent people up. In new opportunities of faithfulness here in, in our church. You've, you've sent out into, into the ministry. You sinned. So I don't think we're far off. This isn't a sermon about how we better get back on track. This is a sermon about celebrating faithfulness, loving each other the way He called us to love. It's in how we speak, it's in how we serve. And it's in how we bear our responsibilities with grace and with humility so that all God's people might be edified and so that we can all experience Him here. We're going to pray, and then I'd like to open the altar up. If there's a response God is leading you to make, maybe He's sending and you need to say yes. There's an area of your life He's calling you to faithfulness in. Maybe there's a burden on your heart maybe there's somebody very much in need of your prayers maybe there's a a passion in your life to draw nearer to Christ and you want to give that over to him and allow him to speak through the power of his holy spirit the way that only he can maybe i don't know there's i could talk all day about all the things that might be only you only you know what god is speaking to you but i want to open the altars and have an opportunity to respond as God leads. Uh, So would you stand where you are and would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we can't thank you enough that you call us to love each other. Because love is what we're made for. Love is what we need. You wired and designed us to love each other and love you. And world is, and, and as imperfect as the world is, imagine how it would be with, without love for one another. So God, thank you for love. Thank you for, for calling us to call each other beloved. Help us speak well of each other. Help us serve each other. And Lord, as we serve, help us to bear that with, with grace, with humility. To be good stewards of the work you give us. With the knowledge that you own it, we don't that others might see the example we set and follow it as well. As we open our hearts, we pray that you guide us, lead us to the response that you will. In Jesus' name, amen.